Hello, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast, where guests and I engage in candid, open, honest conversation about the challenges and triumphs of living with disability. I am your host, Ken Meeker, certified professional coach and the owner of Vitality Career Coaching. I am super happy to introduce my guest today, Sarah Harris. Welcome. Ah, thank you, Ken. I appreciate you inviting me to come and hang out with you. Of course, I'm glad you are here. Very excited to have this conversation with you. So I'm hoping that you maybe you could, uh, you know, introduce yourself to the audience, tell a little bit about yourself, and if you are comfortable, how disability affects you, what you disclose is entirely up to you, of course, but just some context for what your challenges are with regard to disability. Sure, sure. I don't mind setting the stage at all. And, and you know, you, you said that word candid and that that can get you in trouble when it comes to me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so um, as Ken said, my name is Sarah Harris. I am the director of programs at Resources for Independent Central Valley, which is a center for independent living um, here in Fresno, California, right smack dab in the middle. Um, Yes, Fresno is the brunt of lots of jokes. I am totally blind. I lost my sight in a car accident a little over 20 years ago. Um, I haven't let that stop me too much, but of course it's had its ups and downs throughout the years. Um, I, I still cannot drive and I cannot read a piece of paper without the assistance of technology, which is really cool. Um, all the things that have changed over 20 years. Um, I also have major depressive disorder, which is not fun. Um, sometimes, you know, you feel like you want to hide under your desk, under your bed, um, you know, go off to Tahiti. But again, you know, it's all about pushing right through it. And um, I also live with Crohn's disease and chronic pain, just to name a few things. So I, I definitely have a lot of disabilities to dis here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but the, but the truth is, it's all about, you know, how you you learn to roll with it, um, as they say, and, and make good stuff happen. I am also the first vice president for the California Council of the Blind, which is um, an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. And most recently, um, where I met Ken here was we were part of the Blind Leaders Development Program together for AFB. Woohoo! Yes, we certainly were. That was about a year ago when we met in Louisville, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, back in Louisville. Gotta say right. Louisville, Louisville. That's right, Louisville. So I apologize Louisville. to anybody. You gotta like, <laughs> gotta, <Louisville. laughs> it's got a kind of guttural Louisville. Yeah, that was a good time. And uh, just thank you so much for coming on because I this is good. I know this is going to be a good conversation for people to hear. One of the things about you that I've I've certainly noticed is you thriving in a place that could be um, difficult, especially because your disability was acquired. What was that like? Was it gradual or was it like instantaneous from the car accident? How, how sudden was that loss? Oh, it was instantaneous. Kaboom. My whole life changed. Um, I, you know, and, and just to kind of give it an idea of what this looked like. So I was driving home from the grocery store that I worked at. I was actually on vacation and, you know, I'm driving home and I'm going to make a left-hand turn and boom, this guy, he runs the red light. He hits my car on the driver's side. At the same time of impact, all the glass came in, the um, airbag decided to deploy all at the same time, hit me in the face. And next thing I know, I can't see. I can't see. I feel blood everywhere. It's like just you know, like, like a movie, it's like a yeah. nightmare, one of those lifetime movies. And, and so 
it, it was immediately, you know, the, the last thing, and, and even as I sit here, I can picture it. The last thing that I saw was the most amazing sunset, you know? So I, I feel fortunate though, that, you know, that's, that's what's in my brain as mm-hmm. that last thing. It was like the one that looks like, you know, rainbow sherbet where, yep. you know, it's orange and red and purple and, you know, just beautiful. Like it's dancing. And, you know, that instantaneous sight loss for me and now, you know, knowing a lot of, of my friends that have had this gradual loss, I almost feel like the, the, you know, boom, all, mm-hmm. <laughs> all is gone is almost easier, which sounds kind of silly, but you know, I, I've seen it to be kind of true. Yeah. Mine was also, I still have some usable vision, but it was instant from one moment to the next. It was just, it was just gone. This is the To Sing My Ability podcast, and we'll be right back. Twenty years is a long time. Between then and now, what were some of the biggest hurdles and milestones to you know to get you from that trauma and vision loss to where you are today? Because you certainly don't, you don't carry a lot of obvious, call it baggage, but you know, all, you don't carry that trauma around with you. you you're, you're out there. You're, like you said, you are doing all of the things, which we'll talk about later, but <laughs> how did you get from that to that, to where you are now, where you're doing all the things? You, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting. I, I want to say there's like this nice little, you know, six, seven year, like happy medium thing that happens for for a lot of us who, you know, lose our sight, you know, over time or later in life, you know, I was 22 years old and, you know, my whole life was ahead of me. And then all of a sudden my whole life was still ahead of me, but it was just going to look a lot different. Mm-hmm. And so I did the next most reasonable thing and I got pregnant, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you have a big trauma happen. You're like, dude, I'm going to have a baby because, you know, that's easy. Um, so I, you know, a, a little over a year after my accident, I, I had our daughter Carson um, and Carson is now 19, going to be 20 at the end of this year. And I, I will tell you that she honestly was what kept me moving and going and looking at how I could continue to, you know, be more independent and, and, and really make our life because at that point it was our life better. So I did like the, the silly things, you know, I, I, I uh, tried to learn Braille um, and, and I did okay. I can play cards. I can, you know, get an elevator. I can kind of read a menu, but enough to be able to label things and, and so forth. So I did that on my own through Hadley. I, um, you know, had signed up with the local blind center, which at the time was a totally a social place, right? Mm-hmm. So we sat around in a circle and we talked about using a computer, but yet there was no computer. Um, so that was a really interesting thing um, to be a part of. And, you know, and, and I learned to use my cane. Didn't learn how to use it as well as, you know, I probably could have, should have, but I just wasn't ready. I, and, and that's the honest to goodness truth is that when they say that you're ready when you're ready, they mean it. And so, you know, I did the mom thing. I was a domestic goddess. I probably had the cleanest house in the world. I don't anymore because I just, you know, life. <laughs> It's lived in. We're very lived in now. And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, when I, when I look back at, you know, that time, it just seems like such a different life because, you know, we were 
working together, my daughter and I, to figure out what exactly life had to offer us. Well, she went to school and I I realized like at that point that I I needed to get out and I needed to do something and, and I needed to share what I had with the world. And because there was still, Sarah was somewhere still deep inside and I needed to, you know, bring her back out. So I started volunteering at the new and improved blind center was still the same blind center, but it was a different name and different things. And, And we started to, um, teach them classes and I made some friends and, you know, I got out in the world and then all of a sudden I I realized like, Hey, I should get a job. Right. You know, maybe my department of rehabilitation counselor was, she had something, you know, cause she kept saying, you will like it. You'll like it. You should get a job. You, you need, you have a lot to do. So I ended up getting offered to be um, <laughs> on this board for this place called resources for independent central Valley. And I looked at the ED at the time and I said, no, I, I have, I have skills that like, I need to get paid for. So give me a job. And he did like, it was the funniest thing. Like this guy gave me a job and I taught AT and um, did reception. It was very, very part-time and it was all through like on the job training stuff through department of rehab. And little did I know that this job did not really exist. Like it was a job. I went to work every day, but the ED left and my job was not part of the budget. And so at the end of September, when the fiscal year got ready to change, I was let go. And I will tell you, I felt totally deflated. I was like, no, no, this isn't cool because I was going to take on the world and I was going to do all these things. Well, I told everybody at at the office, leave my stuff where it's at. I'll be back. I I have to come back and, and I'm supposed to be here. Well, I came back two weeks later. I had applied for a a full-time position as an independent living specialist, and I did not get it. And I will tell you to this day, I am so thankful that I did not get that position. Instead, I got a job as a youth transition person. And um, that was a part-time position. And I will tell you, I knew nothing about youth transition. As soon as I hung up the phone from being offered the position, I started Googling. And And, and the rest of history, right? I just started moving up the chain and, you know, getting more involved and, and really learning, you know, what my, um, my forte was. And this is Honey. Honey's going to say hi. Because I found out that I'm good at putting things together. I am good at hurting cats, as they say, and finding people's skills and helping them to find their voice. And, you know, that, that was just a beautiful, wonderful thing. And, you know, along the way, there's been so much change in technology that, you know, I swear every day there's something new that I learn that's going to make my job and my life easier. And Mm -hmm. and that just blows my mind. Yeah, it's technology. It's it'll spin your head sometimes just how fast that it uh, things change. How long until you actually started working again um, as for the job that didn't exist? Ah, let me let me do the math there. Okay, so I, the volunteer work started probably about 2012. So that was you know like nine years, and then I started working at RACB in 2017. So what would that be like? 15 years. So like fi- yeah, so like 15, 14. Yeah, yeah, 14 ish. So we'll call it ish, and. You know, and, and that that can be very typical, you know, and and, yeah. and it's not not 
difficult anymore because again, you know, all of the, the good technology stuff that's out there and better training and, and so forth. But definitely my story is, is very similar to a lot of people's. Yes. That, yes. I, I have heard it many, many times, unfortunately, when people encounter disability as an adult. We'll be right back. Like, what do I do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So prior to the accident, what did you have? What was your goal? Uh, Okay, so before the accident, I worked at a grocery store. Yes, I did. I loved it. And I was going to school. and, And what's really funny is I had on the books, you know, that I was going to school to be some sort of social worker, which is so funny because of what I do now. Um, but I had just decided that I wanted to be a high school English teacher, which is super funny because I don't know that I would want to do that now. But at the time I thought, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And then kaboom, my life changed. Mm-hmm. It sends you in a different direction. So it's got to roll with it. So, and you've been with the same agency since you started working. Yes. You didn't start out in your current position, worked your way up to it. So how, what was that process like of your progression with the Center for Independent Living? Because moving up the, the ladder. Uh, you know, it, it was it's very interesting. We, we've had a lot of change at our agency um, over the past six, it's almost exactly six years that I've been there. Um, which is really, really interesting because we've had different executive directors. We've had a lot of different staff. And, you know, I'm just fortunate that I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of really cool people in this late spring of 2018. So I had, you know, been there for almost a year. Um, I'd been working as um, at what was called at the time Bridges, um, which was our youth program. And it was funny because I kept telling my my boss at the time, I'm like, hey, I need to be full time. I, I have all these things I want to do, but I don't have enough time because I was still only part time. I had moved up to 25 hours instead of just 20, but I was still only part time. And then my my full time equivalent, my partner in crime got a new job. And so all of a sudden, here was this opportunity to move into the full time position which I did. Um, And it was right before summer program was supposed to happen. It was quite right before, you know, all of these different things that, you know, were coming up with the agency. And so it's like, okay, now I I need to put on my my big girl britches and and show what I have. And, you know, that's, that's really what I did. I dug deep into um, what had been done in the past for summer program, because mind you, this was my first ever time being a part of the summer program, um, much less running the whole thing, right? And and so I went through and I found all the different things that they had used in the past. I, you know, did some changes and beefed it up to be more relevant, more engaging. <laughs> On top of that, I asked if we could change the name from Bridges to Youth Empowerment Services because it really reflected what we were doing as we were empowering youth to um to reach their goals and to, you know, be however badass they wanted to be and, and, and getting them there, you know, was going to be, you know, all up to them, but we have the toolbox to hand over. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where it started was just rebuilding the program, figuring out how we could be more engaged in the community, more engaged with our youth and young adults with disabilities. And, and th- th- these are all disabilities, mind you, like, 
anything from, you know, someone who's blind like us to someone who uses a wheelchair to somebody with an intellectual or developmental disability. I've had some youth um, come through the program that were hard of hearing, so forth and so forth. So lots of different things. Yeah, so it's um, not just blind focused. It's not just blind focus. It's lots of folks and lots of dis disabilities and lots of different stuff. So we um, we try to hire somebody in the part time position, and I will be honest, it was very difficult. You know, hiring a nonprofit, the world is is always been hard, and it continues to just be a rough place to be a lot of times. And so I was like, well, I will just move on and just keep doing things. And and so throughout the course of the next year. Um, I was able to bring in a couple of interns um, and, and really work on building towards the future of what our youth program would look like. Um, within that same time period, I um, was promoted to be a manager, but I, I didn't actually manage people. I was just managing a program. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any people to manage, <laughs> which was so funny. Um, and, and so I just kind of kept moving on with that. And the next thing you know, it was like, oh, wait, let's put you over this program and that program. And in the, the summer of 2019, um, my, our executive director at the time decided to move on to other things. Um, our current executive director, she stepped into place and she's been with the organization for a very long time. I, we were just talking about this earlier today, about 20 years. So I, I had told her, I was like, if you apply, I promise I will help in any way possible. <laughs> um, and, and so that's really what, you know, we, we've done. And so it's, it's been such a neat experience because, you know, we've, we've learned, um, you know, so much together and especially throughout the pandemic. You know, I think the pandemic, it gave a lot of us um, a really interesting opportunity to really show what we can do under pressure. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and I, and I think that that's something that, you know, I was really able to exhibit in a way that helped my boss to realize that I, I needed to um, be in a position where I was managing more from a higher level um, mm -hmm. and providing less direct service. Even though it's so funny, we always feel like, oh, we're going to get away from direct service. I still give direct service when, when, when the time arises, because there's always that time. And I've just continued to, to work on my skills, you know, learning how to write grants, learning how to um, effectively communicate with folks. I think that that's always one of the most um, complicated pieces when it comes to leadership roles is communication, because so many different people have different communication styles. Yeah. Um, you know, but overall, like I, I literally, I will tell anybody, find your niche and just roll with it. And, 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 you know, when you feel like you have something to contribute, you know, step in and like, tell, tell your, tell the people that are over you, like, Hey, I think I could do such and such. And either you're going to end up like me and go, Oh, I should have said no more often. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, that's all. It's a, it's just as important to know when to say, you know what? I'm, my plate is full. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My platter, my platter. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but it, but it is, it's important to learn, you know, that balance between like when to say yes, when to say no, but overall, just, just know that if you feel you have something to offer, you know, that you are valued mm -hmm. and, you know, put yourself out there yeah. and you know, you never know what will happen. 
I'd like to thank my guest, Sarah Harris, for coming on to this episode. And we will return with part two next time. <laughs>